Welcome to the Collective Evolution Show. The CE Show is a podcast that will feature anything from discussions to reports on a variety of topics, all framed within the context of transformation that is occurring within us individually and collectively as a society. You could probably relate to the fact that our current world seems to be falling apart and that things are becoming quite chaotic, and making sense of what's going on has become really tough. Old ways of viewing the world don't seem to be working anymore, so people are looking for new conversations. Many are noticing that much of traditional or mainstream media, or even academia, seem to be failing at understanding and exploring the cultural transitions and changes that are happening in people and society. The reality is that we've arrived at a time where we have to start talking about these emerging ideas that come from an entirely different narrative about what it means to be a human and what we're capable of. On this podcast, we'll talk about anything from current events to personal transformation, consciousness, future technology, and more. We'll explore real things that are happening in our world that are inspiring, but that may not be explored too much in pop culture or media. Of course, these topics can all be explored on our website as well at collective-evolution.com, where you'll find articles, essays, and videos. You can also join our membership platform called CTV, where we have a ton of exclusive video content, including original shows, discussions, and courses to help you make sense of the world and transform how you show up in life. You can visit CTV.one to check out our member area. That's it. That's all. Welcome to another episode of the Collective Evolution Show. I'm going to have Arjun Walia on with me today, uh, one of our journalists here, and we're going to talk about uh, the story of the Galactic Federation, which has kind of come into the mainstream recently with this Israeli guy, um, Israeli ex-government uh, uh, guy who was talking about the existence of the Galactic Federation according to his claims. Um, and we're going to kind of dive through this subject. We're using sort of three key things, uh, his testimony, um, a remote viewing incident that was chronicled by the CIA, and we're going to use some declassified documents to explore that. Then we're also going to go into um, a discussion around uh, the 1977 um, broadcast hack that happened in, uh, in the UK that also discussed a galactic type of federation or alliance, uh, if you will. So we're going to kind of look at those key pieces of, of, of evidence, and then we're going to pull in a whole bunch of corroborating evidence um, that comes from credible sources to sort of make this this case, make this story, and, and kind of explore what, what do we know about the Galactic Federation possibly existing or something like this possibly existing. So that's how we're going to explore this subject. Um, like I say, this one's a little bit complex in that there's a lot of pieces to the puzzle that not everybody may be caught up to speed on what something like remote viewing is, for example. So in this episode, me and Arjun try and, and every time we say something that we're not, you know, 100% sure if everybody's on the same page with, we try and provide the context. We try and uh, bring people up to speed with it. So there's a little bit of tangents you're going to find here, here and there throughout this episode, but we do our best to stay on track as much as possible and stick to the evidence as much as possible. So enjoy this one. Talking about a subject here that uh, Galactic Federation, I mean, realistically, like the Galactic Federation has become something we're seeing in the mainstream news right now. Yeah, yeah. It, um, it's it weird. Is, yeah. <laughs> it's like, you know, when I see when I see journalists on Twitter and stuff like that being like, look, see, the Galactic Federation, this is what we've been waiting for. Um, and I know they're kind of joking and mocking yeah, yeah, yeah. it a little bit. But like, again, yeah. how did the Galactic Federation become a, a discussion in mainstream media? Yeah, right well, now? actually, um, the, the head of uh, like the Israeli Space Force, like yeah. the ex-head of the Israeli, uh, like, space program yeah um, his name is let me see here 
Haim Ashed. Haim Ashed. Sorry if I'm pronouncing that wrong. Former head of Israeli's Defense Ministry Space Program. Um, also former general and a professor. So he's like a really well-respected guy. And like he made the comment that Israel and the U.S. are, they know that extraterrestrials are visiting us and there's actually, in like quoting him, a galactic federation. Right. Basically waiting for humanity to get their sh- shit together <laughs> before <laughs> yeah. we can have like more contact, contact with them right yeah and the the fact is like this guy the fact that this guy is who he says he is right like his background he's just such a like quote-unquote credible person right um mainstream media picked up on it right and because mainstream media is covering ufos big time right now like right. it's legit but they picked up on this story and it was kind of a like it, a lot of journalists like cbc news this and that like ridiculed it basically right they, right. they made fun of him yeah. kind of su- suggested he's lost his marbles and that's how Galactic Federation and the mainstream all of a sudden became popular. Yeah. You know, it's funny. I, I The first thing that came to mind as I look it up real quick is that, remember that astrophysicist from back in the day? I don't know if I'm going to be able to find it now, but the it was like, I think it was covered in mainstream media well, as well as top astrophysicists from like years ago who said something about how like we know aliens are visiting us and yeah. something, something, something. There's a guy, was he from uh, Bulgaria? I don't the, remember. The thing is, there's a guy from Bulgaria. I forget his name. He was the head of Bulgarian space program. He said the same thing. I mean, there's tons of guys who saying yes, the Bulgarian like, Academy. So this is yeah. from this is. I wrote this article in 2012. Yeah, and he says aliens are among us and we communicate. Yeah. Right. So this is this is the first thing. Let's go to the, let's go to back to the Israeli guy for a second. Um, well, uh, we should mention that the Galactic Federation doesn't like the idea of it is not just from the Israeli guy. Oh yeah, it yeah. comes from decades. Lots ago. of different stuff. Yeah. But but let's so let's go to when you think Galactic Federation. I mean, a lot of times this is what happens in this space, as you know. It's like things. There are so many things out there that are very flimsy, like yeah. the way people sometimes present information or the way information is tied to things. And it cr- sort of creates this culture of like doubt amongst people. We're like, ah, oh, that just sounds silly and ridiculous and yeah, therefore it can't be real, dismissed. right? Yeah. So like when this guy, from what you, you wrote in this story um, about this ex-Israeli uh, guy, yeah. like when he's saying, does he actually like say what the Galactic Fed is or like, did he did he kind of allude to like he, the seriousness of it or is he just kind of like saying, yeah, this is... This is exactly what he said. The UFOs have asked not to publish that they are here. Humanity is not ready yet. Trump was on the verge of revealing, but the aliens and the Galactic Federation are saying, wait, let people calm down first. They don't want to start mass hysteria. They want to first make us sane and understanding. They have been waiting for humanity to to evolve and reach the stage where we can generally understand um, what space and spaceships are. Yeah. Yeah. So that these are basically his words. He didn't like go into two details. He said there's an underground um, base on Mars and where they're representatives and also American astronauts. And the thing about this is like, we have to remember there are hundreds of guys with credible type backgrounds yeah. saying similar stuff, but we've never really heard specifically the galactic federation right. enter the mainstream. So it's, it's interesting, you know, and like the idea comes basically from like decades ago, channelers, people claiming that they're in telepathic communication with extraterrestrials mentioned a galactic federation, you know, a united race of beings kind of like a star trek kind of thing you know yeah so it's 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 interesting and that's and that's part of where like things get tricky like i believe i believe in channeling 
right? I know you believe we've done a whole episode on the science behind channeling, right? And we know that like there is some scientific rigor that says some people do channel. Yeah. And the corroboration between channelers can be very interesting as well. Yeah. So it's, it's definitely very interesting. And the, um, the idea of, uh, the galactic federation, uh, the thing is, like, people are, like, what I don't understand is, like, people are accepting that UFOs are real. Yeah. And that there's a high probability that they're extraterrestrial. Like, this is being mainstream. Yeah. But yet, the same kind of people can come across the idea of some sort of galactic federation and laugh at it. Yeah, it's so, because who's manning the craft, right? That's yeah. where the question comes down to is, like, is it is it aliens? Is it not aliens? Is it yeah. just government programs? Like, I think that's what... I was having a conversation with Danny Sheehan. You, you're familiar with Danny. And, and he was talking about how... Like his institute apparently has evidence that like they, they know that the crafts that we're seeing, some of them sure could be military, but there are some crafts doing maneuvers where given the relationships between countries like US, Russia, China, for example, like they know that within their technology, like even some of the more top secret stuff, that nobody has the technology to do yeah. some of the stuff that we're seeing. So it's yeah. it's not like it's like some hidden, sure, it's possible that they're hiding it all from people, mm -hmm. but he was kind of alluding to the fact that behind the scenes, even the people that are in the know, um, they know that these technologies are not from other countries. Yet. Yeah. That's what most people seem to think still. Yeah, I think a lot of people do think that. and But at the same time, I think with all the mainstream disclosure, I think... Like, based on everything we've looked at, like, it's quite... Like, when people were calling UFOs a conspiracy theory, there was so much evidence for them yeah. that it was ridiculous to call them a conspiracy theory in our view. And I think that that's kind of the same thing right now with ET, kind of extraterrestrial, or beings from somewhere else, wherever they are. There is, in my opinion, tons of evidence for yeah. that. There's abundant, there's <laughs> abundant <laughs> evidence. <laughs> that's what it is. It's abundant evidence. Abundant evidence. Right? Yeah. You know, that we are being contacted. We were being, yeah. Brian O'Leary. Yeah. Brian O'Leary, classic. Um... But yeah, no, I mean, it's like the, the galactic fed angle is interesting because like you yeah. said, it does come from channelers, which it, and this is kind of the challenge is yeah. some of the channelers out there do give the idea of channeling a bad name. I mean, we saw even at the beginning of COVID, like there was a lot of channelers that were saying, quote unquote, the same message, which was kind of like, oh, everybody's about to be arrested yeah, and yeah. like, oh, all these things are going to happen. The Galactic Federation is about to save everybody and all these are. And it was like, I knew within myself, like I felt resonant wise that mm -hmm. that wasn't true. Yeah. But well, th this this leads into an important question. Like, what it like within this subject? Mm -hmm. Like, what in your in your opinion? Like, where where does channeling and like some of these ideas that are less credible that are harder to prove? Where do they fit into the conversation? Yeah, it's it's tough because there's definitely a lot of supposed channelers out there. I think who aren't genuine. I think there's a lot of manipulation out there from people who are claim to be channeling and they're not. I think there are people who believe they're channeling, but it, maybe not their own voice and, and like they're good people, but they just believe it. And then I believe there is genuine channeling. Like, yeah. um, and there are tons of cases like, and I think it's something we have to take seriously. Like if you look at 60 school children in Zimbabwe in 1994, yeah. or 92 or whatever, um, there was a craft there that landed all the 60 kids shared the exact same story, drew the exact same pictures. We're talking at ages like eight, nine, like kids don't, like, it's not like they all made up a story and lied, right? And it was yeah. a serious issue. Like, John Mack from Harvard flew, and, like, there was a lot of psychiatry stuff going on, Harvard psychiatrist, to check out the case. And they received telepathic messages. Like, this telepathic messages from ETs is nothing new. Yeah. And it's, it's quite common, and it's important. But when you get into that kind of stuff, like, from the consciousness that humanity is at right now, like, if you tell 
the collective mind that, oh yeah, people can channel ET beings. It's like something that's going to be instantly dismissed and laughed at. Right. I don't Mm -hmm. think, I don't think the world is ready to accept such things. Like I think they're accepting UFOs and the extraterrestrial hypothesis. But when it comes to channeling, I think these are the steps beyond what we're seeing UFO disclosure right now, because UFO disclosure is opening up a bunch of different things. And it, like I've said before, it leaves no aspect of humanity untouched. (laughs) No aspect of humanity untouched. And, this is the stuff we're going to get into telepathic communication, you know, parapsycho- parapsychology stuff, you know, this and that. And yeah. channeling is a part of that. And I think channeling is important, uh, fits into the extraterrestrial equation because I think there's a lot of corroboration among many different channelers out there. And um, it's just interesting, you know, yeah. it's just from humanity's level of consciousness right now. We can't really say for sure that it's this and that, but I totally believe there are legit channelers and there are also. Yeah people who aren't really channeling out there you know there's and there's a lot of disinformation and misinformation in the ufo field and it's been like that for years ridicule campaigns um, disinformation campaigns so it's it's hard to know what to believe right a lot of times yeah no it's interesting because like i think even like this one book here that I, i still haven't i don't know if you've ever seen it like i've had it for so long called beyond ufos the science of consciousness and contact with non-human intelligence so it's like basically it's like a huge body of research like the book's like you know four inches thick sort of thing that chronicles like all of the research that has been done um not i shouldn't say all but it, it it asked thousands of people from around the world what their you know contact experiences were like with you know, non-human entities. So whether that was extraterrestrial, whether that was what they called beings, whatever it might be. And again, you, you see a lot of the same recurring themes, telepathic, you know, yeah. certain, you know, bits of contact that happened that provided different insight, like 828 page book, right? Like it's, it's a huge book. And, um, it's, this is, this is, this is what I find fascinating right now is like, we're coming into a time where, these stories are entering the mainstream more like, you know, the UFOs and, and galactic fed and all these sorts of things. And, and like, even what the Israeli guy said, like humanity's not ready for contact in this way. And it's like, I, I believe that to be true. And I'm, I'm sure you have the similar thoughts. Like when I write about, or when I talk about this subject, I'm from the standpoint of like, I, I don't think humans are at a point where we're open to accepting yeah. uh, extraterrestrials, but I do think it, the implications of that are, our interest in it is going to have a huge impact on, our worldview on our consciousness on how society changes. But what I find fascinating is I think part of the reason why humans are so out of the loop is they don't believe there's a lot of credible evidence out there to support this stuff. Right. Right. So like they don't know that a whole bunch of scientists and PhDs did a study on contact with it. They think all abductions are just, you know, it's a bullshit story. Right. Like they don't understand the level of rigor that has gone into this subject. And and it's sorry to cut you off. Um, It's like, that's the thing too. And like, it's sad because mainstream media still controls the minds of the masses. So like all, all people know is that you have right now, our UFOs are real because the Navy released and you know, these to the stars Academy and like they released these videos, but they're never really going to go into these deep, like we're getting a sanitized version of UFO disclosure. Right. There's so many cases. It involves so much things. It touches on so many different areas, but all we're limited to is what's being disclosed by the mainstream. Whereas there's like, like you said, all the scientific rigor, all this, all these studies, you know, pieces of objects, telepathy, contact with extraterrestrials, why they're here, what they want. Isn't that like that? It's, it's a deep subject, right? Yeah. 
I think we live in a world right now where people want to, especially those who control mainstream media, in my opinion, want to use subjects for their own purposes. And um, I don't know, I'm going off topic here, but. Well, yeah, I mean, like, I think it all relates, right? Like if we, if we go back to the galactic fed bit here, like we got, we basically, we chose three, three key things to focus on, right? Yeah, yeah. This Israeli guy. Then we're going to talk about the CIA the document, CIA document um, uh, which was the remote viewing document. Yeah. And then we got the, the TV transmission from back. Yeah, what was it? 70s or 80s? 1977. 77, right? Yeah. So, so those, those are the key things we're going to focus on here. So the, the, the summary on this Israeli guy here is like, you have an, you have an ex, um, an ex government official, essentially. Yeah. I mean, 30 year right. government official, head of the Israeli space program, like saying, well known dude. Yeah. And he's saying what a lot of people do feel in this space like yeah. people who have like spent a lot of time in this space and who have stayed like on the credible side of yeah. it do believe that humans are at a position where you know we're maybe not quite ready to explore this subject to, yeah, yeah. to depth it's interesting you say that because like and i quote him here if i had come up with what i'm saying today five years ago i would have been hospitalized right wherever i've gone with this in academia they've said the man has lost his mind today they've they're already taking talking differently. I have nothing to lose. I've received my degrees and awards. I am respected in universities abroad where the trend is also changing. Yeah. And that's and that's the fascinating part is like when when you look back eight years ago, that article I wrote in twenty twelve with the top astrophysicist saying aliens are among us, the way the mainstream covered it is like this guy is Nuts. absolutely Lost insane. Yeah. And uh and yet here we are. Like, I mean, it's now a different discussion, which is, which is good. Remember we kept saying like a couple of years ago, like UFOs are no longer a fringe topic, right? We kept saying that over and over again. It's like, we're at that point where UFOs aren't fringe anymore. The question of extraterrestrials is a little bit fringe, but even look at Joe Rogan. Like you wrote an article asking Joe Rogan this many years ago, you know, Hey, read, look at this evidence because even he was a guy that was as open-minded as he is. It was kind of like he'd never really looked into the subject. Yeah, he was he was offering opinions and stuff, which is fine. Yeah, but it was quite clear that he didn't really look into the subject and properly before doing that. Right. And but he's clearly changed. And right. Clearly, and it's good. A lot of stuff. I hope he read my article. Yeah. I wasn't being mean to him or anything. No, no. It was just one of those like, hey guys, there's there's. It's sort of like with the vaccine subject, yeah. right? Like when you when when most doctors actually sit down and with an open mind and open heart, they look at the evidence available. They start to go, oh, okay this vaccine conversation isn't as black and white. There, right. There is something that we really need to talk about versus, nope, that's just all anti-vax bullshit, right? Anybody who's saying that, that it's just anti-vax BS, is not looking at the information available, right? Yeah. But anybody who's saying, oh, vaccines are complete poison and complete dangerous, they're killing everybody, is also not looking at the information, right? So it's like there's, there's, there's both sides to the coin here. But um, so, okay, Galactic Federation. It's this crazy idea to a lot of people, right? Yeah. But... It's taken, like so many other things, it's taken a lot more seriously behind the scenes than we think. So let's let's hop over to the CIA document, yeah. um, which looks at uh, a remote viewing attempt on the yeah, Galactic so, Federation headquarters. Yeah, you know the re- remote viewing program. I, I don't know if we need first, to... Yeah, first define remote viewing so for people just in case. remote viewing is basically the ability to um, kind of, quote, see a remote location without actually being there. So like if I'm sitting in a room and I wanted to see what's going on across the street in a room in the building, yeah. I could do that. Um, it's not like you fly out of your body or anything. You just kind of perceive yeah. what's in that room. And um, it's a, it was a program that ran with Stanford University and the CIA for 25 years, and it was extremely successful. A paper published in 1996 in the Journal of Scientific Exploration points out 
um, it had a very successful um, successful run. And yeah. this is why people were confused when it shut down. So basically, um, the military and the CIA were using this to like view Russian facilities, what kind of technologies they're making, blah, blah, blah. But from all the remote viewers in that program, a lot of them, um, we have found out that they were also tasked with remote viewing space and extraterrestrial stuff. Mm-hmm. And there are many former remote viewers that, you know, we're, I'm in contact with a couple, have been in contact with a couple that have told me this. And a lot have just come out and said it and given lectures on it, that they were basically tasked to look at, you know, the backside of the moon and yeah. look at different extraterrestrial the backside. Groups. The back, <laughs> like the, basically the U S government is very interested in this phenomenon. And that's quite clear mm-hmm. UFOs. And they task remote viewers to basically find out what's going on, right. what they are and why they're here. Yeah. Um, Cause we have to understand that it's not like the government knows anything. These people are investigating this stuff still, and they probably have a lot of unanswered questions just like we do. Right. Right. Um, well, so that's is, so the, the remote viewing program, like you can go into the Stargate files and I was kind of sifting through the Stargate files uh, on the CIA website because they've declassified them. And I came across one remote viewing session where a remote viewer was tasked with viewing I'm gonna quote right here. We can show a screenshot um, and I quote right here. This, the Galactic Federation headquarters. Mm-hmm. I was just shocked when I saw this. And it's interesting on these documents, you all documents have like a security like it's top secret secret or whatever that's blacked out in these documents so they didn't they you can't see the classification you can't see the classification i think there are classifications we don't know about so there's top secret above top secret and then there could be like some stuff g13 cosmic (laughs) top secret yeah 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 Um, but this is this this document is basically uh they were remote viewing the cia was remote viewing the Galactic Federation headquarters or a supposed Galactic header on Earth, though, right? So, it, specifically, yeah, it, it was supposed to be on Earth, yeah. yeah. It seems uh, on Earth, um, and it seems to be what I understand possibly in Egypt and um, underground, mm-hmm. which is also interesting because there are uh, another remote viewer, actually, multiple remote viewers who have we've written about on their site. Um, let me. Can I pull up the name here? Yeah, yeah. Pull up the name. I'm just going to throw down a couple things. If you're listening to this and like some of these subjects are like may, perhaps like new, you're exploring some of these ideas for the first time. Um, our website, collective-evolution.com is going to have like a ton of these like different articles and stuff like that. And like we, when we talk about these subjects, we deal with existing credible information. So whether it's, um, you know, government documents, government whistleblowers, ex-military, all these sorts of things, yeah. or you know, the odd time we do cover like a uh, witness testimony type stuff, right? Yeah. Which is still credible, but we usually, we look at stuff that's like, hey, this corroborates with a lot of information. And we look at stuff that's like, the person is actually who they say that is like, you can right. go and look up in the CIA archives who the remote viewers were and stuff like that. And, you know. Yeah. Yeah. So if you, if you're, we're trying to do our best here to kind of like, you know, explain what remote viewing is and explain like what come of this, some of this stuff is, but some of it does require a little bit more reading. Um, so have it, head on over to the website if you want to check out stuff, you know, yeah, a little yeah. bit more a deeply. Good thing but, to do would be if you're interested about this stuff, particularly type in remote viewing in the search bar, remote viewing alien, remote viewing extraterrestrial. But anyways, yeah. So um, that's that. This document is interesting. Um, it's from the 1980s, where they were attempting to view the Galactic Federation headquarters. 
there were beings there and the beings were actually aware this is another thing with remote viewing yeah these beings were aware that uh, they were being viewed right by this person and that corroborates with a story that that i had oh, it corroborates with a lot of stuff yeah like i uh i met a guy who got really good at remote viewing and he told me that he remote viewed some people that he didn't say who they were because he's like, honestly, I got so scared from the experience, which I don't think remote viewing is a scary experience. I've done it before. It wasn't scary, but for some people they he, like he, he remote viewed somebody and they realized that he was in the room and these were like high profile polit- political people. Yes. And yes. they realized he was in the room and they looked right at him. Yeah. And, uh, and he said, uh, after that experience, I was, I didn't want to do it anymore. Yes. This corroborates with someone like I was mentioning. There are other remote viewers, Pat price. Mm-hmm. Pat Price, supposedly, apparently, according to him, and other remote viewers in the program, was tasked to remote view alien bases on Earth. Right. And he named a bunch of different places, like in Zimbabwe, in Australia, like underneath mountains, in mountains. And when he was there, they knew that he was there. Right. Um, and Lynn uh, Boshannon is another one who was also tasked by the U.S. government, according to him, to find out why they're here. Um, how many groups there were, what their intentions were, were they good and bad, blah, 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 right? And yeah. you got to take this stuff with a grain of salt. Salt. It's not like a remote viewer says something and they're completely right. But there are, like it was an extremely successful program. We're talking about like 90% like repeatable over and over again, right? Well, even the scientific. Strict scientific protocols, yeah. Yeah, like there's a lot Utz. of rigor. Yeah, <laughs> Jessica Utz. Jessica Utz at the Huge. University of California statistics prof looked at, um, published a number of studies on remote viewing and like the statistical significance and the repeatability of it is like extreme. Yeah. Like greater than like science, like hard sciences, like we see today, like it, it's legit. Right? Yeah. Like I think she has a quote saying something to the effect of like, most people even don't realize like the level of rigor that yeah. goes into the, to the remote viewing study is like beyond what a lot of stuff people accept today. Yeah. yeah. So it's, it's very interesting stuff. Um, especially yeah. the extraterrestrial stuff in this, I was shocked to find the CI document viewing Galactic Federation headquarters. And the interesting is, like he says, like it's a big field, maybe Egypt underground, and the beings were humanoid. Right. Not just humanoid, I mean human-looking. Like right, human-looking human beings. Yeah, so yeah. technically if there were human-looking beings that were part of some sort of extraterrestrial civilization that's aware of Earth, they could walk among us and we wouldn't know. We wouldn't know. I mean, Easily. And there's been discussion about that that kind of stuff, right? Like old folktale type stories too where like oh these people were apparently alien observing and they looked exactly like human yeah. like we have that one picture remember the the article the article you wrote of that one guy the black and white photo and he's like kind of sitting listening to like some military folk and apparently that guy was extraterrestrial do you remember that? i forget the oh yes 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 that one um, guy and it was like an apparent yeah, uh, yeah. apparently this guy's an well, we don't know yeah but there's a picture with all the world's leading scientists at the time and apparently yeah. he was yeah we don't know for sure but Oh, yeah. It's, yeah it's and, it, and i think this is like again with these subjects like they can be complex especially for first time like, like we've been looking at this stuff for so many years that it's like oh yeah we talk about this like it's the back of our hand but yeah. like just to give like a very mainstream example like the movie men who stare at goats yeah, yeah, yeah. that's that movie's kind of a, like a touch on touch remote on viewing very, right a very poor job psychic spies it wasn't just like look yeah, yeah psychic spies it wasn't just like looking in a mailbox and seeing if you could see something like they kind of like it was good but it's it like an introduction. It with yeah. Truth. It was an introduction to the idea of remote viewing. Right. So it was good in that sense. But it was also like the idea that the military did attempt this stuff. Oh, they yeah. took this stuff seriously. And that, and I think that's 
one of the key takeaways for a lot of people, again, if this subject's new, is it's like the amount of money that government and military put into these things that we think are fringe, that we think are conspiracies, is insane. Based on what I've heard and who I've talked to, um, especially a former remote viewer, I don't know if he wants me to publicly tell. Okay, so just say uh, the, the name's classified. So, yeah, the name, <laughs> I don't know if I can tell you his name, but um, he was a Army remote viewer in the CIA program, and he told me that he said to me they would not be surprised, not surprised at all if CIA, NSN use these programs still and yeah. they're not shut down. Just because something, the program got declassified and ended right. is kind of another way of saying, look, here's the program, here's what we found, is another way of saying that's all there is and right. it allows them to continue on doing it. Sort of like MK that, Ultra. Yeah, and these um, army guys who are like veterans now retired, they're hired by big corporations, Um to so big corporations are taking this stuff seriously to remote view, you know, stocks, to make decisions, this and that. So like this stuff yeah. is well, it's sort of like uh, again one of those things like astrology. When people think of astrology, they think of the horoscope in a newspaper, which is like the most ridiculous version of astrology. Whereas like legit astrology, or you might call it legit astrology, however you want to fucking define it, um, but is is a completely different story. And that type of astrology you have massive corporations, like huge, oh, yeah. huge, huge corporations hiring astrologers for launch dates of their companies, for launch dates of products. Like a lot of people don't don't realize that like these huge it's CEO huge. people are involved yeah. in this stuff. And CEOs yet the don't. average folk look at it, you know, sometimes as a complete joke. Yeah. Right? I mean, it's used at the highest level of government by various like defense agencies around the world. Yeah. Yet it's ridiculed in mainstream academia. It doesn't make any sense. Well, and it's, I think at the end of the day, and again, this is where it gets tricky is it's like so many of these subjects that we ridicule or that we laugh at, like we have to admit that there's been a culture that has been very flimsy with this stuff or that has been very like sort of fickle or it's trendy or it's pop culture or maybe it's very new agey and it kind of makes it like it's it's hard for people to take it seriously because it's not talked about in the sense of what we know. It's talked about in just have blind faith in what I'm saying. Right, right, right. And I think that's kind of like a, this this shift that people are going through right now that you know is great for us, like as a as a company because like we we focus on talking about the the credible evidence towards a lot of these fringe subjects. Yep. But um, I think a lot of people are finally opening up to that. Okay, so what's really going on with these like fringy ideas, right? Which is exciting, but. Um, so the so what what did they what did they view with that um, the headquarters? Oh, the headquarters. Yeah. Um, basically, let's see. Let me pull up the thingy here. Okay, so the Remote Viewer Galactic Federation headquarters, January nineteen uh, eighty eight. He got an impression of a round structure located on a flat top of what seems to be something like a mesa. Um, streaking rays emanating from or going into the structure so some type of like sun streaks so some type of structure big structure here inside the structure it is dark cool rough stone um he writes egypt um and from uh one mile overhead the view is dark black empty feeling of nothingness upon descending into the structure we get the impression of very high rugged peaks so kind of he draws a mountain so um there's a mountain here, which is also interesting because this corroborates with, it doesn't say who this remote viewer is. Mm-hmm. It doesn't name who the remote viewer is, but Pat Price is the one who, um, and Lynn Bashannon are the one who viewed ET bases inside mountains. So this this document corroborates with that. 
surrounded by flat, open, grassy plain, lake. Um, it says here, Lake Titicaca. Ooh, I didn't notice this before. Yeah, that's it's a large, deep, freshwater lake in the Andes on the border of Bolivia and Peru. Interesting. No, let's go there. So he's kind of like, is he is he saying that it's similar to that? Because it's like a, he says not, AOL. Yeah, AOL Lake Titi. I don't know. I don't know what. That's what I can figure out. Yeah, it's hard to. It's hard. Some of these documents, like you know, you, you never, you, you don't really know what you're looking at entirely, which is why it's always important, like too, to like read the document entirely and really understand what's 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 going on i think based on everything i looked at in the corroboration all the et stories like that book book you mentioned and i think there's some sort of rule of like they're not supposed to be seen and they don't desire to be seen by us just yet yeah it's weird you know there's some sort of like rule or non-intervention rules it sounds star tracky but it's like ufos have been documented for thousands of years these stories of beings and beings like if they wanted mass open contact which i think they did have back in the days of the indigenous and maybe like ancient Greece and stuff. But you know, it's, it's some weird stuff. I had, I had heard a lot. Um, and this kind of gets into the more, you know, make it, make of you, of you what, or make up, make of, make of it what you will, uh, type of space. But I had heard a lot, um, within like the space in general that there was like an, a hands-off agreement for, I, I don't know when it's supposed to come off, but there's been a hands-off agreement specifically for the purposes of allowing, humanity to go through their their own evolution of consciousness such that they're like it's not like you know a lot of times people are like oh well you know maybe maybe what humanity needs is someone to come in and kind of like show us the way but it's like i i I feel at least you know we're in this time as human humans moving from this like adolescent stage to this adult stage where we got to kind of move through some of these things ourselves and that has always resonated with me what you just said the idea of a of a hands-off policy like that would align with what i intuitively feel but can't prove at the end of the day i i don't think anyone's coming to save us or anything right i believe humans we have to do things here for ourselves and um yeah i don't i it's hard because you know that when you talk about ets you get into the whole good et bad idea thing and right humans like to categorize stuff angels demons and yeah yeah so i can understand why an intelligent race would not want to i can understand why we wouldn't be ready like that makes sense to me like look at what we do we label things we we shoot when when these objects are seen in the sky like paul hallier former canadian defense minister said like we shoot first ask questions later yeah there are documents that have been released that shows governments were desperate to capture this ufo technology so sure yeah like we have a long way to go to evolve to a level of um you know being a we're not a peaceful race no yeah i mean in fact we could be we could be uh, if i was an intelligent extraterrestrial say i was exploring this planet like i could be scared coming here yeah it could be terrifying because i I think this is one of the other things and like you know is that like sometimes we view extraterrestrials as like they're like some godly being that's like you know when when in reality like if you let's say you're of the belief not everybody believes this you know but let's say you're of the belief that you're a spirit having an experience or you're a soul having, or you're a consciousness having an experience in a human body and that you believe that your body is part of your experience, but it's not you like your consciousness will exist beyond your body. So it means that you as a consciousness came and had an experience in your body. And if that's how, let's say all of creation works where it's like, we're all hopping into bodies, whether it be on this planet or another planet, it would mean that, you know, those extraterrestrials are just spirits hopping into an extraterrestrial body and having an experience. And they're, they're going through the same 
how you would view someone from another yeah. country that you don't fully understand is the same way you would They're view an extraterrestrial. They're just another person, They're just right? Having an experience yeah. and like, but, yeah. Can you we know, view them that way? You know, I, yeah. Can I mean, I, I, I we're do. not ready. Yeah, I, <laughs> yeah. like why? Uh, yeah. Why should they be any different just because they're from another planet? Like we talk about here, racism is a big thing, this and that, yeah. discrimination. Would we do that with ETs? You know? Yeah. And it's tough because we've been programmed so long, all these movies, this and that. You know, like, <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. They're scary, you know. Scary, they're you know, they're going to get you. And, you know, maybe some are. Maybe just like humans, there's some nasty humans on the planet. Sure. Maybe there's some nasty ETs out there. But, yeah. you know. Hondo P. Yeah. So we got we got a, 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 an Earth an Earth. So the CIA, what did they conclude? Did they conclude anything from that study where, where or um, from that uh, no, it was document? Just, it was just a remote viewing session on the Galactic Head, uh, Federation headquarters. Like there's not much the document says and you can't get too much from it. But all you can conclude is that they did have a session. And you got to remember, like probably all the documents are not classified. There's probably so much information and so much more they found out and reviewed and stuff, right? So, so like, for example, they didn't uh, conclude anything. It's just a basically a remote viewing session on the Galactic Federation headquarters. You see pictures here uh, of the headquarters, like f flat, very high, rigged peaks. Clearly, there's mountains, flat, open, empty, grassy feeling, blue body of water. Maybe that's the yeah, Lake yeah. Titicaca. We should go there as CE and do some investigation. <laughs> and, uh, <laughs> uh, you know what? So, so here's what here's what I'm thinking here. Like, well, so first of all, anybody listening to this and want want to see these documents and so forth, the show notes. Like, if you go to collective-evolution.com and click on podcast, you'll see in this episode we have all the show notes so that you can go to the links and read up on all this stuff and see it for yourself. But um, I, I wanted to go a little bit more into remote viewing for a second too, so people understand how this works. Like, because in my head, right, I'm having questions that I'm sure a lot of people have, where it's like, typically the way remote viewing works is people are given coordinates. And then they're they're told yes. to remote view the coordinates. Is there any indication that that's how this process went? Interesting, and you bring that up because that is how typically like uh, like they were given coordinates in Russia or something, or like they found a lost spy plane that CIA plane that crashed in Africa from remote viewing because they gave the coordinates of the general vicinity of Africa. So it doesn't mention anything about giving coordinates here. Yeah, but they would have to, given what we know about right. remote viewing, and that would mean that someone in the CIA. Knows. Coordinates knows that there's some ET activity going on. Right. Interesting. Or so, because, because like, again, going back to it, breaking down the process of remote viewing too, it's like sometimes it'll be, hey, I've written something inside this envelope and it's closed, but you know that you're remote viewing. So what it is, it's an exercise of using non-locality, mm -hmm. right? So you're using your ability, your consciousness is non-local, right? Remote viewing very much lends to the idea that consciousness is non-local yes. and that you can view and so that the whole the whole material hypothesis of the world yeah. begins to crumble yeah. when you start to accept remote view viewing jupiter absolutely in fact, the remote view viewing program in the journal uh the study published in 1996 journal of scientific exploration said uh ingo swan uh, remote remote view the rings around jupiter before nasa flyby discovered them right which i found interesting yeah yeah and so uh, again yeah so if you, whatever whatever you want to remote view you have to have like hey it's this envelope or it's this coordinate or yes. you have to lead somebody to that yes. they can't just pull or maybe they can maybe they can just pull from maybe. collective consciousness that's maybe good. there's i'll have to ask one of the viewers about that that's yeah that's interesting because that would be a question i have is like yeah. how did they how did they do this one where they were remote viewing an apparent earth headquarters like was it coordinates or was it like, hey, there's there's headquarters on Earth somewhere? Um, can you find them? Can you find it? Which which is a very which is a possibility, it's possibility. for sure. Yeah. yeah.
Because if you, if how you, would they find out? Yeah, yeah. Yeah, because you have to assume, and this this gets like you know kind of really out there potentially for some people, but it's um, it's the idea that if if this information, let's say the knowledge of an a, an ET headquarters, a Galactic Federation, let's say it did exist, and that knowledge existed somewhere non-locally in what you might call a collective consciousness, then maybe a remote viewer accesses that way. I don't know because we don't have, maybe we don't have enough information about this study, but that's another way I've, I've, I've thought about how it could work. For sure. And like, and like in this article, he says, like, like we talked about them knowing, like they can, whoever you're remote viewing, if it's a person that can sense your presence there, if they're aware of this phenomenon themselves. Yeah. Uh, he writes here, at this time, I sense a presence nearby. At the end of the causeway is a long, dimly lit rectangular corridor constructed of smooth, dressed stone on all sides. At the end of the corridor is a step incline with a very high ceiling, also constructed of smooth stone. He writes, AOL Pyramid. Mm-hmm. Um, at the end of this inclined corridor is a large room with a very high vaulted ceiling. There is a large polished stone platform in this room, like an altar. There are white-robed entities in a semicircle to one side. Their attention seems to be focused on the platform. The room is dimly lit. There is a feeling of something sacred, holy, almost religious at this place. This place seems familiar as I've been here before. I climbed onto the platform and laid down. I was then illuminated by a brilliant shaft of white light from the head to toe. The light was coming from overhead. A robed figure then moved behind the group and stood next to me with a hand outstretched over my solar plexus. Hmm. It's interesting. Interesting. Yeah, I'm I'm just for the heck of it right now. I'm trying to like check out some potential uh meanings for the acronym AOL. Yeah. And uh I it can't really seems like, like Yeah, it it like seems that like that. Most of what I'm most of what I'm getting out of there's like a whole bunch of different ones here um, is not really something that would fit contextually into that. Mm-hmm. But uh, just trying to tell you, you know, I don't know. I don't really see. So it's hard to know what they mean yeah, by it, that. Because it, they say like AOL Lake Titicaca in one, right? Yeah. And then they say AOL Egypt and Lake Titicaca is not in Egypt. Right. So maybe it's like Lake Titicaca or like Egypt, you know? Well, because I, 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 I could be wrong. But there's a term that's used in the military, area of limitation. We see it in some other, remember we saw it in some other remote viewing documents where they, they define where the area of limitation is. And I'm kind of thinking that would make sense. that's what it means. So what they're setting up is this is a remote viewing term used to sort of talk about limits. So area of limitation, maybe it's within there. I don't know. Yeah. Um, but that's what that's what's coming to mind. We almost have to look into that afterwards because I think I'm I have a sense that that's what it is, yeah. but I'm not 100 percent sure. Um, Could be. But uh, yeah, so I mean, so far, let's recap. Let's summarize here. We got we got the mention of Galactic Federation uh, in 2020 here by an Israeli um, ex space director, yeah. director saying essentially that you know the Galactic Federation of Light has in some way communicated with certain bodies here on Earth, suggesting that um, humanity is not yet ready to experience uh, extraterrestrial contact, and thus we need to get our shit together, so to speak. Um, Which we maybe we'll talk about at the end what that kind of means to us, but um, get our shit together so that uh, we can make this contact. And then we ask, okay, well, how legit 
is this idea of a galactic federation. And we start to find out that there's CIA documents alluding to... Galactic um, Federation headquarters. Right. So that term has been hopping around intelligence agencies, we know, at least in one instance, but probably more. And that was from the 1980s. You know what we should do? We should look through the reading room, even the FBI, and just do a search for Galactic Federation, yeah. and then maybe even file a FOIA request to see what else they have on Galactic yeah, we Federation. File Freedom of Information Act requests. Yeah, that, that could be interesting. I don't know if we can because we're Canadian citizens. Yeah, we'll get Michael Mazzola to do oh, it yeah. for us. Yeah, for sure. <laughs> but um, but yeah, uh, so the, this, you know, this is where we're, this is where we're we up to at this point. File Freedom of Information Act request in Canada too. Canada, yeah. yeah, CSIS. They'll yeah. they'll they'll provide information. But I remember I applied to CSIS after I finished school. <laughs> yeah, one of our other one of our other journalists back in the day, mm-hmm. she applied to CSIS too, and actually was got an interview, oh, yeah. and then. Uh, I didn't apply properly. I wrote some like ET stuff on my resume. <laughs> I'm like, I want to contact extraterrestrials. Oh, they're probably like, this guy's nuts. <laughs> yeah, because they want, CSIS is like, anytime you're in intelligence, they want cop-like people. So these are people yeah. that are intelligent usually, but that are going to follow orders to a T, yeah. right? Um, and then usually it's within those positions that eventually people have a change of heart and decide not to follow orders and those yeah. people become the whistleblowers, right? But um, they typically do start off as people who are very ding 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 to the point type people right um but okay so to summarize that's where we're at at this point and there's another cop car going by now we have another piece of interesting evidence to add to the mix which is you know this one is a you make of it what you will and i'm sure there's look i'm sure that i'm sure if we went to that that beyond ufos study Mm -hmm. in the book we mentioned earlier i'm sure we could probably find a lot of mentions of galactic fed I, i didn't even think to look at it until just now but um Let's go to that 1977, yeah. you know, alleged extraterrestrial so message. In 1977, like a news broadcast airing in multiple parts of England was hacked yeah. and interrupted. And um, like this is not up for debate. Like it actually happened. It's well documented. You can Anyone can go and look it up. Um, and the, at the time, like you, there had been no hacked of a mainstream media news broadcast ever where someone was able to take over the audio and the video. Like, this And is now, like, has it still not happened up to this day? I think it's happened a few times. Okay. But it's like something unheard of in 1977. Like right. no technology, no computers. Like you think to yourself, how would somebody be able to do this for five minutes, right? Yeah, that was a call Dean moment back then. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. And um, so this happened. And basically, a voice came on the screen. The screen blurred. You can see uh, footage of it on YouTube all over the place. Um, and it was a voice of uh, someone who claimed to be part of the Ashtar Galactic Command. Right. And, and basically, they said that for many years, we've seen them as lights in the skies. And that um, the message was about warning us about we where we as humanity, where we were headed. Mm-hmm. And that um, what we must do to avoid disaster and that threatens our world and other worlds around us. And basically, you know, it was like uh, the, they said that um, we need to, our rulers must be made aware of the evil forces that overshadow their judgments. And that's quoting and that um, like it's time the time of conflict is over and we need to get our stuff together and that small groups around the planet are learning this and that they're telling people and they're trying to change the world, right? And um, that um, they said, you know, beware of false prophets. They will suck your energy from you, the energy called money. And basically that we are here and there's more of us than your scientists would like to admit and we're deeply concerned about you. We will do all we can do to help, but basically we must do it ourselves, um, basically. 
Yeah. That's basically the gist of it. So in this, are they referring to the Ashtar Galactic Command, right? Which are, is there a differentiation there between the Galactic Federation? Like we don't really know, don't right? Know. Um, but this is kind of the the most sim- the most similar mention of some f- form of galactic yeah. command or federation or something like it's it's why I think this is an interesting. And then, sorry to interrupt, but the only journalist I know who covered this and tried to investigate was David Barnett from the Independent. He wrote a story on it, right? And could not find anything. He contacted the stations and stuff, and it was just buried. And there's like no information. Yeah, on it. But so it did it's, happen, and it's well known that it happened. Yeah, probably similar to like a. Uh, a Roswell type situation where exactly. something happened, but you know, it was quickly covered up and, yeah. and you know, like it was a big story. Like it made newspapers all over the world, like especially in the United States and the UK the day after. Yeah. Yeah. Obviously well, I, I remember the hoax is it's, it's, yeah. it's, 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 it's basically in the mainstream is labeled as a hoax. It's just, they don't know. Who they don't know who did it. Are. Right. Yeah. So it's sort of like uh, crop circles at this point, like yeah. they're labeled as a hoax, but they have no explanation. That's just kind of the they most can't convenient. Prove it's a hoax. Yeah. Right. Can't prove it's a hoax. Can't prove it's not. Therefore it's a hoax. <laughs> <laughs> Why? Because it doesn't fit our current exactly. worldview. So it's a hoax. Yeah. And that's, and that's kind of the, that's kind of the, the interesting part of it. I mean, for me is like, I don't think what we're talking about here necessarily proves with certainty, like the existence of these things, but it's more so the idea of if you take a closer look, you actually take the time to look at this stuff. You start to see that there's, there's a lot more there than you might realize. There's a lot more to discuss about this stuff than you might realize. And like the corroboration with a lot of existing credible uh, UFO uh, evidence is, is pretty intense. And let's, let's just for a moment kind of like, quantify what that means for i'll ask you because i know you've been looking into this as a journalist too for a long time but it's like what do you quantify as credible evidence Hmm. in ufo or ufology as a whole well there's a not there's a number of stuff so when it comes to ufos in general like declassified documents from like military agencies who have been like studying this like radar tracking data um, scrambling jets, scrambling jets, yeah. Radar, <laughs> radar tracking data that you know these objects are tracked on the ground radar, like f- tracked from ground radar, tracked in the air by like air radar on the jets and by the pilots simultaneously. So all three of those simultaneously, like that's credible, right? We're talking about trained observers. There's that, and there's um, corroboration, like when there's a number of people who witness an event. Um, there's just tons of events. There's video footage of actual objects. There's video footage. There's pictures. There's everything that humanity considers to be credible evidence. In other cases? In other cases, <laughs> there uh, UFOs fit every category of that. Right. There's high-ranking uh, witness testimony. There's observations, repeatable observations from normal citizens, some military personnel. There's, um, there's data, radar yeah. tracking data. There are pieces of these objects, you know? Yeah. Um, article in the new york times covered that i mean so these things are real you yeah. know as far as i know a lot of people think they're deception like oh because mainstream media covers it it has right. to be deception but my th- my argument with that is like okay there is clearly a long campaign of ridicule and secrecy you know cia director yeah. roscoe helen cotter said that this subject has been ridiculed for decades and decades like people it's been put in the conspiracy realm so if, if there's a group out there who want to deceive people up to the existence of UFOs, they they wouldn't make it ridiculous and not true and seem a conspiracy. They would make it real. So right now what we see is they're giving uh, like legitimacy to the subject, but that doesn't mean it's deception not real. That just means like 
like terrorism, for example, is very real. Bombs go off. Um, 9-11, the, it's the story behind that real phenomenon yeah. that is what we need to focus on. And, you know, so. Yeah, yeah. the idea of a false flag. That's like, where the deception comes in, yeah. yeah. I don't think these objects are some sort of deception project by some sort of elite. Right. We're trying to like... Well, and I find like, you know, obviously this is not in every case, but, you know, even in cases where like people that I know perhaps in the conspiracy realm that, that don't like the subject of extraterrestrials or UFOs or whatever. Um, not all the time, but sometimes it's often because they're, they happen to be religious and they're not sure how that detail would fit into their religious beliefs. Right. Or maybe they've already taken a strong position that that's just ridiculous yeah. and, and they're not wanting to, to swap that position. And I think like. And that's one of the reasons we're not ready. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. We're, we're kind of in this position where as, as people we're we're not open we're not actually open to exploring things um from the standpoint of openness like a lot of times we talk about um critical thinking we talk about um you know people in the alternative thinking space or the conspiracy thinking space just for lack of a better term will often say oh you know that the normies out there right they're they're not they're not open-minded they're not thinking about things but that same that same reality exists in the open-minded free thinking space, apparently, right? Like we see it all the time. So we're kind of at this point where I think developing our, our methods of thinking and and exploring things and our sense making in general is a, is a huge focus that's going on. Um, Because in the past it either seemed like we only believed what we wanted to believe, right? And it still happens today, but we only believe what we want to believe, or we only believe things like based on faith, like, oh, this channeler said this, therefore it has to be real. Or like this, my intuition says this, but it's like, well, okay, intuition's real. We all know that. It's been discussed deeply. The question is, is like, is that really your intuition or is that just your emotions? Or is that really your intuition or is that just a voice in your head? Like mastering these skills and techniques of critical thinking, of intuition, of sense-making are much more difficult than just, oh, hey, I read an article and I kind of had, you know, I kind of want to believe that it's like this way, therefore it's my intuition. Do you know what I'm saying? Um, And I think we're at that stage of really exploring and mastering these things. Yeah, I agree. And I believe the collective mind is opening, like we're in the process, we're getting there. And I think that's why this stuff is becoming, like is on the consciousness of many people. It's interesting because like Carl Jung talked about that and this age we're living in, like it correlates with this kind of stuff and we're just it's a process you know of years and years and collective mind is opening opening i think i think we're getting there it's going to be interesting you know uh i think we're meant to be a spacefaring race and we're supposed to be the extraterrestrials one day yeah exactly Uh, well we are currently the extraterrestrials (laughs) 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 see see you know what i i sometimes think about that like how long is it really going to take right because we and okay we can sit here and we can make the the case that like everything takes a really long time to evolve. Right. Yeah, and like, yeah. let it up. But then at the same time, we can make the case that there's like a massive quickening of information. Right. It's, and that's true. Yeah. Right. And, and, and again, like that Israeli guy, like five years ago, I would have been nuts and put in a mental institution. Right. Yeah. Whereas now, and so like, think about in the past yeah. when like they used to take witches and burn them at the stake, but like they viewed that they viewed witches as, crazy for so many years like so many so many years whereas like yes they viewed extraterrestrials as like a complete hoax for so long but the position between okay ufos are real and then now talking about the et part of it that gap is really small in terms of a mainstream discussion there's always been people behind the scenes in the alternative that have been talking about this 
But from a mainstream side, we went from UFOs to talking about extraterrestrials really fast. And sure, not a lot of us are talking about extraterrestrials yet, but it's happening pretty quick, right? So yeah. I, I do think that there are so many things that are opening up really quickly. And so the question of like, will we be dead, uh, you know, by the time? I, I mean, I, I think, I think, I think this, I think a lot of these conversations are going to evolve a lot more quickly because here's the thing. What I'm seeing, you may disagree, but what I'm seeing is people are open. They're expanding their consciousness more. Yeah. They're becoming more inquisitive. Yeah. Sometimes we jump into it. We lose one ideology and we jump into another one. But a lot of times now I'm also noticing people are a lot more open. Yeah. So they're a lot more flexible and dynamic in their thinking, which essentially allows us to not get as stuck on subjects for so long, which means we go, oh, I was stuck for a while. I might have jumped to something stuck again, but then I realized, wait, that didn't work either. And so now I'm kind of more fluid and I'm really open. And when you're really open and dynamic, you can evolve in your scientific thinking or in your understanding of something very quickly, yeah. right? So I see that happening a lot as a trend, people bringing in intuition, but also realizing that intuition goes along with the mind, yeah. right? And I, yeah, exactly. And I think this might be a little off topic, but in these days, it's so important to use your intuition and mind and think critically, especially about this topic and especially because we're seeing so much mainstream ufo disclosure yeah like with this recent uh there's a covid bill uh that's what we say around the Australian office accents, yeah. yeah and it mentions a uh, plan to investigate and kind of disclose the unidentified aerial phenomenon within yeah. the next 180 days so next year in 2021 we're going to get some more ufo stuff from the united states government and i just worry that okay government says this mainstream media says this this is the phenomenon no the phenomenon is huge it's it's very vast and yeah it it's it touches on all aspects of humanity as i said earlier science technology consciousness metaphysics it is huge yeah okay and you can't get anything from the mainstream you have to do your own investigation your own research and we can't and it's another lesson that many we can't rely on others to let us do our thinking for us yeah. You know, we have to do it ourselves. We can't, you know. Well, I, know. And this, I just don't want, I don't want the main, mainstream to beam a certain perception about the phenomenon into the minds of the masses, be it this or that. Are they a threat, this or that, you know? Yeah. I just, I wish, you know, we could explore this topic as humanity together, go out in big groups and try and, you know, this might sound crazy, but perhaps try and make contact. I don't know. Like, Sure, yeah. You know, I mean, CE5 or the yeah. subject of CE5. I mean, we, we used to do that way back in the day before yeah, yeah. before we yeah, even knew I, what CE5 yeah. was. I was, uh, yeah, I spent, uh, we've had our own UFO experiences. Yeah. I, when I was up north, I used to teach on a First Nations reserve. I spent every night on my roof trying to mm -hmm. put it out there. And I had an interesting experience with a UFO yeah. there. But yeah, it's, it's interesting stuff. Mm -hmm. Crazy people. <laughs> yeah, no, I mean, direct contact. I mean, whether Satanic it was, yeah, with beings or, and again, like deciding, oh, what is this? I don't know, yeah. but we've seen it. We've, you know, experienced it's it many times over. Something to explore. And, and that's, I think humanity is meant to explore, you know, before we got into this nine to five job, this, this, that, like humanity has the potential to do something greater. And I think naturally we're explorers of the yeah. unknown, you know? So yeah. Hopefully we can get back to that. Yes, yeah, so and we do that. Like that's why that's a part of collective evolution. Sure. You know? Yeah, and I mean that that New York Post article that you're talking about with the 180 day uh, countdown to the UFO disclosures. Like, yeah. there's a quote in here saying, "We are aware that the Se Senate Select Committee of Intelligence Committee report on the Intelligence Authorization Act for fiscal 2021 included a requirement for the Director of National Intelligence, in consultation with the Secretary of Defense." 
to submit a report on unidentified aerial phenomenon within 180 days, which is essentially saying, look, this information is going to come out. And I think partly, and it's sorry, go ahead. I think partly this information is coming out because look, everybody's asking for it. Like, especially with more of the, the coverage that's been out there. But the question is, is like you were saying, are we going to get a sanitized version? Are yeah. we going to get kind of like a, you know, even the discussion around like TTSA, right? Yeah, yeah. The to the stars Academy. Like, do we feel that what they're bringing forth is the cutting edge of information or is what they're bringing forth Something. What humanity is ready for, what they're being told they're allowed to bring forth. Yeah, like we exactly. don't really know. Yeah. But, and, and it's interesting because both Democrats and Republicans support this. Yeah. yeah. Sorry, go ahead. You, I cut you off. Again. No, I was just saying like, like we don't really know. Like we, the, yeah. You know. And it's like, it's tricky because it's like, you have to, you have to be open to the idea going back to the mainstream media always deceives. Right. If, if that's your position where the mainstream media is always going to deceive you, where government is always going to be lying, then I'm sorry, but that's a bad position to have because you're always going to be in the position where you think that nothing that they say could ever be real, which means you're not actually taking each individual piece of information and looking at it critically. You're True. just saying, well, this source is 100% bad, which is... You know that's that's not real critical thinking. Right. That's that's ideology. I, I can right? though understand why a lot of people think that. Absolutely. So many examples of mainstream media decisions. Sure. Online. So but. so the idea is to say like things also change, right? Meaning if we're in an evolutionary process, it means that guess what? Some people in government are going to evolve. Some people within politics are going to evolve. Some like Edward Snowden used to work in government, right? Why did everybody believe what he said when he came out and dropped it, right? Exactly. He was a, he's technically a mainstream person you should never believe, right? But then sometimes in other cases, like in these UFO cases, someone comes out, drops a piece of information, their ex-government. It's like, oh, well, it's all just a distraction. Why? Why are we so quick sometimes to throw some things out, but accept other things, right? Yeah. And this is why I think it's like, you know, having these conversations in a, in a way where we can kind of really practice critical thinking, really practice looking at all the different pieces of the puzzle um, I think is important. So I, I think, you know, when this information starts to come out in the next 180 days, um, yeah. it'll be interesting to see what they drop. Like one it's of the, and it's tough because you know, sorry. Yeah. Yeah. Go, go uh, ahead. You go know ahead. that like, for example, the Trump administration, if he was the president, he would say something than, than Biden, because there's all these political agendas and this and that. Yeah. Like you, you see it with COVID, you see it with racism, you see it with other Democrats, Republican left and right. It's a completely different story and completely different perspective from, the left is from the right, the right is from the left. Yeah. So, like, the story we would get from Trump, for example, or a Republican president and the narrative might be different from the one we get from a Democrat one, right? And this is the stuff I worry about, but it is going to be interesting to see what comes out. Yeah. From Twenty. I don't know what how much else they can say. Like, they've already verified. Well, there's, the, there's so much information that can be shared. The question go, is... Are they going to be like... And See, in this report, it says they want to investigate whether or not these are some foreign objects from another country. Right. So it's going to be interesting to see like, are they going to delegitimize it and be like, yeah, who knows they're from Russia. Well, look at some of the people they, um, look at some of the people that are interviewed in this New York post thing, right? Like Christopher Mellon was, was asked. I mean, he's saying he's hopeful that the new administration is going to actually go through this and do this properly. And like, and he's been quite clear in his belief that they're extraterrestrial. And, and let's, let's look at, this is, I think we can talk about this now because it's public. I mean, we've known this for quite a while, but we haven't been able to say anything. But now that it's public, we can talk about this. Um, Christopher Mellon uh, 
what's his name? Um, Lou Elizondo. Yep. One other gentleman, I forget his name right now. They Steve all Justice. They all left. Former Lockheed director. Um, they're all yeah. They're all leaving to the Stars Academy, and um, I'm I'm not sure what they said publicly as to why they're leaving, but I, I think it I think it just has a lot to do with they want to branch out and do more things focused on their passion of bringing yeah. this information forward as opposed to the stars to, heavily connected to government too they're sure. doing all their stuff from the government. and it's and it's very like entertainment focused right now yeah. meaning they want to make movies they want to make a books and they want to build technology and profit their right. shareholders so so they're kind of they're that kind, kind of, of thing gets in the picture things kind of get weird they get weird and then you're not not sure what the intentions are then you don't know if they pull out information and if you look like it's true like they don't really talk about ufo that much they don't really talk about you know aliens that they're kind of talking about things in a very different way like if you like when you actually look at the wording not what you think they're saying but when you actually look at what they're saying it's very very sanitized what ttsa does and so it's kind of like um when you see these people leaving these organizations and saying we want to look at this more openly and more independently it suggests that there are a lot of these high-ranking people that have been in this space that are saying no it's time for the full-on conversation right which is exciting because um, I think we've had enough of this, like what feels like government controlled or sanitized versions of this story. And um, it does touch on whether or not humanity is becoming a lot more ready for this conversation as well. And one thing I wanted to ask you with regards to this is they also interview Nick Pope, oh, yeah, um, who's yeah. like, I think a former UK def- UFO, defense uh, or yeah. uh, he, he was in charge of the UFO department sort of thing. The UK, yeah. And I've always found a lot of his stuff to be like really, really sanitized. Oh, yeah. Um, do you feel that he's like a guy that could be like, you know, sort of put in place to help control narratives? Could be. That's yeah. the thing with this topic because like that's the history of this topic. There's been people and agents to come in to con- try and control the narrative. We know that. Um, so I it happened in the past. Um, there's, you know, Richard Doty former Air Force intelligence officer says he was his job was to put out misinformation in the field. Although they knew the phenomenon was very real, they didn't want people to get to the truth, so they just put a bunch of crap out there, right? Yeah. So, I mean, the idea of narrative control, I, I, I don't see why it would have changed and given the state of government and all the stuff you see them doing, like what happened with 9-11 and all, what's happening with COVID, like I think it's, to, it's going to be going to be total narrative control for sure yeah but i'm open you know i know there's good people out there that are involved in this process like melon for example i feel like who actually have genuine intentions you know not everyone within government is bad right exactly there's a lot of good people in there so it's it's tough to say yeah it's tough to say it is it is tough to say and uh, you know this is why we'll have to just kind of when we talk about how does humanity become more ready so we'll cap it off with this because we said we would talk about this a little bit at the end and it kind of aligns so much now Mm -hmm. with uh, what we were just saying but it's like how does humanity become more ready? It's like, well, we, we, we're not going to know necessarily for certain, but the more we, like when we ask the question, I'll ask you first, when, like, what makes us more ready as people to be open to the extraterrestrial phenomenon? Well, I think it's a process. Well, it's <laughs> <laughs> going to try to eat the microphone there for a second. <laughs> I think, so you're saying like what makes people ready? For yeah, it? like you know how like the Galactic Fed is basically yeah. if it's real, right? So what makes they're saying makes humanity's ready, not ready. ready. Well, to be honest, we got a lot of problems on our planet. The way I see it, like, like look at our planet. Look at the way uh, what we do with our water, our ecosystems, our forests, like animals and insects and plant life going extinct. Like, 
the way we do things here, just polluting and what we surround ourselves with on a daily basis, people being sick, like we have the potential to do so much better. So that's one area I see we have to get our shit together. If mm-hmm. there, you know, there, obviously there's a lot of areas we need to get our shit together. There's, um, we're not all in agreement on what's going on. People are so polarized, like with this COVID stuff, for example, like look at the planet. It's, uh, we're dropping bombs. There's wars. There's, uh, don't get me wrong. There's a lot of great stuff about planet earth too. So there's that. And then there's, the idea of just the collective mind opening up to ET stuff and, and new possibilities. And I think um, we're getting there. We have to evolve consciously. We can't label things as angels, demons, this and that. We can't. Um, there's so much stuff. Yeah. Like, you know, there's so much stuff where we have to get our shit together. And um, it's we need a shift in consciousness. Yeah. We need to change the way we look at ourselves and the planet and question why we do things the way we do things here and what got us to this point where we're at now why do we operate the way we do why why are people starving like when there's so much food to go around we have the potential to do so much better why are we using technology that destroys the planet when we have clean technology we could provide energy to anyone for free yeah why does it cost money these kind of questions why do we give value to money and let it determine our freedoms. Why can't we just, there's all this stuff, you know, yeah. there's so much. Yeah. It's a deep, it's like yeah. these deep foundational, like this is, you know, this is kind of the crux of the, the collective evolution ethos and mission is like, we have these like deep, deep foundational beliefs and worldviews that shape the outside world. Right. This is why we say like, there's, 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 you know, some people do believe they feel that like the next president or the next world leader or the next politician can actually make change. And like, I, I, I don't, I don't feel that. I feel yeah. that what the change that we're looking for really comes from a position of us having to change the deeper aspects that are creating the world. Like our, like you were saying, our worldviews, the way we treat each other, which comes from a shift in consciousness or, you know, a simpler way to, to looking at it is just changing the way we think, the way we relate to things, yeah. looking at our beliefs, our values and our stories that make up how we live our lives. Like these yeah. deep, deep foundational questions, um, that usually come from this this idea that it's like it's me versus you and yeah, we're yeah. surviving in the fittest like even if, even though we're not thinking that consciously like oh i'm i'm survival against you that's that's the way our world's built is yeah. it's i have to look out for me and my family and you look out for you and yours but sometimes we're a community but a lot of times we're just at each other right yeah. this is the this is the unconscious yeah. way in which our world is built and and, yeah. and we can explore those unconscious foundations by asking the right questions and when exactly. we when we change those those foundational views and beliefs and values we start changing the way our world functions yeah. as well it ref- yeah exactly that's that's the deep stuff and that's how it changes i think we're not still not getting that as humanity like every four years we turn in a president for example there's so much attention on the presidential elections like it that's not where change is going to come from. Changes yeah. never come from there. Any meaningful change will not come from there. Yeah. So we're failing to identify where change is going to come from in the first place. Yeah. So, you know, we, we have some ways to go. Yeah. We've come a long way, but there's, we need to wake our asses up. Wake your ass up. Yeah. It's like taking that, that, that shift. I think this might be like the invitation here is like, it's making that shift from, 
look, if a new president comes in and or a new prime minister or world leader, or whatever comes in and they make a change that affects some people in society in a particular way. Like, for example, people talk about providing health care to Americans because that's not currently a, a, a social benefit. Right. Um, that's a change. Right. That is a change. But but we're sort of inviting this this step from making these small scale changes in an existing worldview and infrastructure that's all built from like a specific idea to taking the step of saying, can we go deeper and say, is making a change about social medicine really going to create the change that we, we, we are looking for in our hearts like that deep. Can we really change our reality at the core if, or are we just going to be still at each other's throats, but we'll at least have medicine if you get into a car accident. Like, is that really the change we're looking for? Or is this kind of what we're being, what we're limiting our thinking to, right? Yeah. Because when you start to really take a step back and a lot of people who go through the process of, of asking these questions start to realize like the change is much deeper, right? Yeah. So the, I guess the, this end part of this conversation is kind of inviting that that deeper core yeah. change, that step of, of really changing our underlying worldviews yeah. that make our reality. And yeah, like humanity doesn't like, we're not operating on a place from like the desire and intent and will to do good for others. Like our leaders aren't, there's so many other, other factors that weigh into the decisions our so-called leaders make corporate, political, whatever ties, agendas, this and that. Like we're not, the agenda should be what's best for everyone and planet earth and all life on earth. First and foremost, the intention from which we operate from, you know, so yeah. That that's all. So Galactic Federation, does it exist? Yes. <laughs> <laughs> I to be honest, I I think I I don't know for sure, but I, I personally believe there is I don't think it's far fetched at all that there's some yeah. alliance of races out there who who like humans here who desire good. Yeah. They like, desire good too. And maybe they have the resources. Yeah to help and influence others. I don't know. I don't know. Uh, to be honest, I'd love to be part of a galactic federation. Yeah. You know, that goes around the universe and, you know, sees a planet like ours and wants to help. Like, it's just like good people who see someone in trouble who wants to help see animals who wants to help or whatever. See someone in distress. People want to help people. Yeah. Who's to say there aren't other people out there that don't want to help people. Sure. Yeah. I look at it as like, you know, barring like, sure. The United Nations does have some, corrupt ideas involved but not everybody in the united nation is aware of that most people in the united nations believe that it's united nations they're coming together as nations and on a on a planet where everybody i shouldn't say everybody on a planet where the kind of the overwhelming culture states that we are alone in the universe or that we haven't there's there's probably nobody else out there that we know of um the idea of a United Nations is equivalent to a galactic federation because it's yep. it's bringing together what we believe are individual nations. Sure. Whereas if you were to expand your thinking and, and open up to the extraterrestrial hypothesis and what it's actually saying, you would find that to unite nations could also be to unite planets, to unite people. You know, Star Trek, Star Wars, for example. You know, there's there's in in Star Wars, there's like meeting grounds where you, people go to planets where like there's like a hundred different races all trading and doing different things and da 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 da. It's like, to me, that world has always resonated a lot yeah. more than the world that we live in today. But um, just in the sense of like, that that's a reality. Mm-hmm. Um, so I think my, my final words are, I think if the United Nations can exist, the Galactic Federation or some sort of 
galactic command absolutely and intuitively it rings like there's something there as well right so that's it that's all you know check out the show notes of this one again go to collective-evolution.com forward slash podcast or just click the podcast link you can go to the episode and uh, read the show notes you'll see all the articles all the studies that we referenced uh, the books everything is is all in there explore this stuff much more deeply Arjumalia that's it that's all Thanks so much for listening to this episode of The C Show. If you have a moment, consider passing this show on to a friend or family member who you think would relate to this type of conversation. Bringing community together in these conversations is key, and you'll find these days people are a lot more receptive to these emerging ideas and perceptions than they may have been in the past. Lastly, visit ctv.one and consider becoming a member of our community, where you get access to a ton of video content including original shows, discussions, and courses to help you make sense of the world and transform how you show up in life. Visit cetv.one to learn more.